0: From Relay FM this is Upgrade episode number 66. Today's show is brought to you by BrainTree, Audible and Casper. My name is Mike Hurley and I am joined as always by the lovely Mr. Jason Snell.
1: Hi Mike, how's it going? I'm very well, sir. How are you? I'm back. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Welcome back. We had we had Merlin Mann to replace you last week. It was very nice of him.
0: What a great guest. What a great co-host, I should say.
1: Yeah, he was uh he was great. It was, it was, that was a lot of fun. It is, I miss you when you're gone, but it is also fun to replace you with, uh, with wacky, unexpected, uh, people who drop in for a week. It was a lot of fun to talk about. I don't talk to Merlin about that stuff. I hear him talking about stuff and we talk on Incomparable sometimes about, you know, about movies and and stuff, but we don't, you know, we don't do the the tech breakdown kind of thing. So that was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. It's always nice to hear Merlin talk about tech. Mm Mm-hmm he has yeah. the the down report report now where he talks about that stuff more frequently right course. but uh it's always nice
1: yeah no it was a lot of it was a lot of fun to get him he he just has a very different perspective and we we had a moment where it's like i i'm not let's not be negative but <laughs> which i i thought it was actually a good moment because we've gotten that feedback too about uh sometimes that that we're negative on the show and the idea is that we're we're critical about Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. and and we don't want it to be unrelentingly bleak and awful and all of that but we do want to view things kind of critically and that means sometimes saying that that we're disappointed with something and i like merlin's approach to that which was which i think is the same for all of us but doesn't always go uh it's not always stated and merlin stated it which is uh look we 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 do love this stuff in general and we care about it. And the reason we complain about it is because we care about it and because we like it and because we're going to use it. And I, that, that is, uh, you know, I've been using Apple products since I was in eighth grade (laughs) and that was for me a long time ago. And, uh, that I'm going to keep using Apple products. That's not, it's just not going to, they would have to do a lot for me to leave. But since I'm committed, that makes me care even more about what Apple and related subjects uh, do. And uh, if I see something that I don't like, I, I do feel the need to talk about it. But I, that was really great that Merlin framed it in that way because it's absolutely true. And uh, that was a lot of fun. And uh, we talked for like two hours, which I apologize for the length of last week's episode. But uh, I just, you know, I couldn't I couldn't stop. And he couldn't stop. And so we just kept going.
0: Yeah, I, I had to catch up. It's always funny whenever I travel um, because I end up... With the amount of shows to listen to that everybody else does. Yeah. And it always seems like a lot. So I appreciate <laughs> people listening every week.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of podcasts out there, a lot of choices. So we appreciate you making upgrade one of your uh, podcast choices.
0: Talking about choices and great podcasts. Um, as of today, Relay FM now has a membership program. Um, and we've been thinking about doing something like this for a while. Uh, mainly because we've since we began, really, um, just over a year ago, we've always had people saying to us, "We want to give you money. We want to give you money." Um, and this is some people because they have already bought all of their websites and domains and mattresses. Um, and there are just some people that just want to give us that little bit more because they love what we do. So we now have a membership program. You can I'll put a link in the show notes. You can go to relay.fm/slash membership. We have three tiers on the membership. We have two uh, monthly tiers, silver and gold. Silver is $5 a month, gold is $10 a month. Then we have an annual tier for $100 a year. Now, with that, all of those plans come with the same perks. So on our anniversary week in August, every year, there'll be bonus episodes of every show. We'll be doing some fun stuff and there'll be some episodes that will be exclusive for members. Uh, We're going to be doing a monthly behind-the-scenes newsletter that Stephen is going to be taking care of. And at our store, the Relay FM store, you can get 15% off anything. So this is t-shirts. We're going to have some new t-shirts coming soon, a 2016 design. Uh, We also have some buttons and stickers. You can get 15% off anything there just for members. And we're going to be adding more perks as the membership grows and as as time goes on and we think of other really cool things that we want to do. Now, we've got this broken down in a couple of different ways. If you want to, if you love all of the great shows, you can donate to all of the great shows, right? You can become a member of all of them and give your money for those. Um, but you can also give to your favorite shows, right? So you can, when you go to the page, you'll see every show is there. And of course, on all the show pages, so if you go to relay.fm slash upgrade, you'll see the buttons there as well for you to be able to donate to your favorite shows. And all of the money goes to the hosts, right? Outside of fees. So mm-hmm. we want to give as much money to the hosts as possible of all of the shows. So if you really love certain shows, You know, if there's a couple or one show that you really love, I would urge you to give money to that show because then the hosts of that show get more money because if you donate to all of the shows,
1: it gets split amongst all of the hosts, obviously. Yeah, it's super super diluted then because it's every host on every show on the network and and that there are a lot. And that's
0: why we wanted to do this. I mean, it would have been really easy and many other people do it this way. Many other uh, networks and stuff in the past have done it this way that you just give to everything. Uh, but we wanted to have it that you could also give to each show because the primary concern here for us as a business is to get more money to our hosts and for you to be able to support the shows that you really, really love. This isn't changing our business in a massively significant way. Like we're going to we're still advertising supported. Um, I expect that not to change, at least for a long time. Um but this is just another way for some of our hosts and me and you who are self-employed to, to kind of diversify their income a little bit and also lets you directly support the stuff that you really love. And, yeah, And right? We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, right? That you're doing it now. I think that this is something that you're going to get used to seeing a lot more of. And you don't have to pay for everything, right? Pick the things that you love the most and pay for yeah, them. Absolutely. But I think that over the next couple of years, this is going to become a way that people interact with stuff that they like. They give it money.
1: Yeah, and the the, the places will... I think everybody's going to expect that it's going to be the, the most enthusiastic people who give the money. So it's going to be the top whatever 5%, 2%. Um, that are going to be the ones and that's fine i think that i think that's why these sorts of things exist is it's not you know we, we, you get all the you know all the episodes of upgrade whether you pay us or not we'll do a bonus episode in august that will be for the people who support the show but um, but otherwise Otherwise, uh, it's not changing the show. It's just another way. With six colors, I had the same thing. It's like I want to, I want to support what you're doing so that you can keep doing it. How do I do that? Because I'm not going to ever be a sponsor. And when you have a medium that is entirely ad supported, free with ad support, you don't have that other mechanism. Back in the day with magazines and things, right? They had ads, but you also paid. And uh, and the web totally uncoupled that. And paywalls don't really work. So, uh, that's not a that's not a way to solve this. issue issue. So instead we have this which is uh, optional support. And what I what I like we so you and Stephen Hackett and I talked about this a lot in Indianapolis when we were there. We had a we had a little relay meeting which was really exciting because I don't get to go to meetings anymore. I used to hate meetings because I had a job and I had lots of meetings and now I don't I don't get to have those meetings very often, but we had a great meeting in Indianapolis. And we talked about this a lot. And one of the things that was very clear to me was the way you guys approach this was, this is about supporting the hosts of the shows. And that's why people can support a specific show. So if you really love Upgrade, and Upgrade is one of those podcasts you listen to every week, and and you feel like this is the one, this is the one you want to support, you can do that. And your support will come to me and Mike. And, and if you love another show on Relay, you can support that show instead or in addition, and it will go to the host. It's not one of these things where uh, it's all just sort of being absorbed by Relay as a company. The, the, the idea here is to directly support the host. So it's just another route. And And if you don't, if you like us, but you don't have the money, uh, you don't have the time, you prioritize other things, you need to pay your mortgage, um, that's fine. We'll still be here. And other people will uh, will chip in on the on the support side, and we've got the advertising on that side, and it's all good. So it's just another option for people, and uh, I, I like that about it.
0: So yeah, go check it out, uh, Relay.fm slash membership, or just go to the show page of any of your favorite shows, and you can find all the buttons you're going to need there, and we'll be talking about this more, I'm sure, as time goes on, so you'll be able to find out more information. Yeah. It's that time of year again, Jason.
1: Time where we ask for money? No. No. It it is that time too, but no, it is. So last year I I gave you a hard time because you were very excited about the first annual Upgradees, our awards for our favorite things of the year. Uh, And I pointed out that nothing can be a first annual. It's only annual when you do it for a second straight year. So I'm pleased to announce that we're going to do the second annual Upgradees. Yes. (laughs) And that'll be our episode of of, uh, December
0: 28th. Yes, so it's going to be the last episode of the year. Uh, We will be doing the second annual Upgradey Awards. I'm so excited. Um, And we want to have you guys get involved. So we did this last year a little bit, but um, now everybody kind of has an understanding for what the Upgradey is. Um, And if you haven't heard it, I will put a link in the show notes so you can go and listen to last year's Upgradey Awards. Um, We would like your suggestions for categories. Now... I don't want to restrict this in any way. Suggest whatever you like. Whatever you think should be given an award to by me or Jason, then you should like, send out a tweet. We had silly award categories and serious award categories. It's we all did. good. Exactly. You want to send a tweet in the usual way, put the hashtag AskUpgrade. We will see them and we will collect them all up and we will be able to, to create some fantastically fun categories for the upgradees. Um, as suggested by you, and that's going to be in a few weeks' time. And we're hoping to extend the upgradees um, in an exciting and new way this year as well.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping we'll get some other relay hosts involved in some way. What I'd really like to do is have the upgradees just like steal all the awards brain power from Relay FM and mm-hmm. uh, concentrate it in upgrades so, so that my show has all the power and then it becomes immortal. <laughs> I don't know. Something that's like a that's a real lofty goal you've got there buddy
0: yeah yeah sure well because what i'm what i'm what i was thinking about why we should maybe try and get some other people involved is some of the categories probably our opinions may not have changed in. so i yeah. want to get some extra voices <laughs> in them
1: i think that is the more practical reason is it would be fun to get some other people involved because it may be you and me going yeah it's fine you know same thing same same <laughs> and that's not you know hello internet flop house yep all right <laughs> Moving
0: on, yeah. I think, so, I think the flop house may make a, would make a return winner of the year. I think it's possible. We'll have some uh, ask upgrade about that later. I think. Oh, excellent. Um, I wanted to mention a fantastic piece of. I don't even know what this type of follow would be up out in or shake it all about or something. But we have uh, from Unai, and Unai has created the follow chart in which he has attempted to diagram the different uses of follow up, follow in follow out follow by which is a new one coined by merlin um so this if you have been confused about what we're talking about here uh, and i has created an incredibly uh useful chart which i will put in the show notes that will confuse you
1: uh further maybe <laughs> i the an earlier version of this chart had uh had referred made me laugh out loud because it said not ever used (laughs) for for uh follow forward or follow away or whatever um but now it's actually been used so excellent it is confusing follow out follow in follow by yeah follow by it's like a drive-by uh lots of uh, other words out there in the english language to put after follow so stay tuned
0: um, you have a piece of follow-up here about scrubbing on the
1: Apple TV? Oh, yeah, Marlon and I were talking about, and this is one of those things where you record for a podcast and you know everybody's going to tell you the answer, and you, you're reluctant to even mention it, but you do. And then in this case, I, I, I was saying about how uh, one of the problems with the Apple TV interface is that when you accidentally touch or you know you pick up the uh, the, the remote and you touch the trackpad and it tries to scrub in the video and now you've got the scrubber interface up there and i had that moment where i'm like suddenly trying to scrub back to where i was and match it up so i can let go and like which and i said i know that there's oh, there's a way to do this where you you can just say no 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 i didn't mean to do that and, uh, and everybody told me after I had already actually, that night, I immediately, when we were done, I went in and tried it. If you just press the menu button, the scrubber interface goes away and you, then you're okay. So it's still annoying that it is bringing up the interface and kind of intruding on your video watching because you accidentally touched the, the track pad, but all you have to do is press the menu button and it all, it just backs away. It doesn't matter where you scrubbed to, it just sort of like backs you out because the scrub doesn't, uh, the scrubbing act doesn't change where you are until you click so scrubber follow-up
0: yeah i've been uh been getting more and more frustrated with that as a thing that 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 with the fact that you you pick it up and like oh i've scrubbed 10 minutes across
1: i'm confused i mean this is um we have to get joe Steele back uh it's just what people want to hear because he'll be mad again um a lot of the apple tv interaction is inconsistent and 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 I'm getting frustrated with it uh, and I think again they'll they'll put it all together but like um in the music playing I can't figure out how to set a, an album or a, how to set a playlist to shuffle I can't for the life of me figure that one out um In video playback, sometimes I feel like I can swipe down and get a bunch of controls at the top of the screen. Other times I can't. When I'm in the music playback, I I think, well, can I swipe down to get more information like I can when I'm watching some some videos, but I can't because the UI is different. And these are apps uh, from Apple. So I I, I keep looking for some more consistency. And I think it's not surprising that in a brand new product with this brand new app platform that maybe there's a lack of consistency, although it's a little disappointing when it's from Apple. But I'm hoping that a a language and a kind of common understanding of what certain gestures will do and where things will be kept in an app will build up over time. Because, um, and then yeah, the accidental uh, trackpad swipes aren't my favorite.
0: But I mean, you know, I'm using it more and more. Um, I've watched Masters of Master of None. Uh, Oh yeah, we watched the whole series on the Apple TV Hmm. on the Netflix app. You know what? It's pretty good, and I like that when I press the TV button, it turns my TV on. I am in the lucky few where that actually happens, because um, I've actually we've actually hooked it up to the big TV downstairs now, um, and I'm using it more for actually watching TV. But now I'm not playing any games on it, and I'm I don't know. It's I don't know. But when I was I was we spent a lot of the time um, on my trip last week um, at Marco and Tiff's house. And we were playing a bunch of games on the Apple TV there. So I can see how different people use it differently. Um, but I'm, I don't know. I just don't really know where I stand on it. I, 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 my, my opinions just keep changing a bunch. Um, and now I, all of the things that I was originally annoyed about, I'm not annoyed about so much anymore. But now I'm becoming annoyed about different <laughs> things because I'm using it more.
1: Well, the setup, you know, again, the pain of setup fades away af- after yeah. a while. Um, I, I'll tell you one place where I'm using it a lot is with the music app. Um, and I was doing that on the
0: weekend. I was doing some work downstairs well, and I opened up the, the music app and I put on uh, Jonathan Coulton and John Robert's Christmas album.
1: It's the only way I can play Apple Music stuff on my speakers in my house because my existing digital music system doesn't support apple music so uh, i find myself turning on apple tv just to play music uh, which is weird but it's fine and it and it works great other than like i I get confused about can i shuffle this playlist and i'm not sure if i can Um, and the music app is a little more rudimentary i think than some of the other apps and i don't think it has siri support yet you know one funny thing that people have mentioned that i would i would like to note is that the siri uh, search index on apple tv is slow and I, I, whether it's on the device or it's maybe up on the server. But what I've noticed is TV shows get a- added to iTunes and um, to the store. And they're not in the index. So, like, they uh, posted The Expanse, uh, this new sci-fi series that's coming out next week. They posted the pilot for free on iTunes. And I went on the Apple TV to go download it. And I couldn't find it. Um, and I ended up finding it in a featured icon in the tv app hmm. but siri couldn't find it even though it was there and it, it recognized the name i was searching for and it wouldn't it said i don't know what that is and then i went and navigated to it and it was there and i think i've seen that with a couple other uh types of content too where it seems like there's lag like a day of lag where siri doesn't know new stuff that's in the store and that's weird and not not a great experience. So, it's a work in progress, but I do like things about it and and having access to the Apple Music stuff in my living room is is nice because I am using that more and um, you know, the stuff that I listen to that's only on Apple Music and that I don't own is not accessible on my uh, Squeezebox. So, I have to use the Apple TV for that. Squeezebox. Yeah. Really nice technology that will never be updated again because it's it's been, uh, you know, discontinued. It's one of these days I'm going to have to commit to sonos i guess which is very expensive but
0: but good when i get my own house i'm gonna get a sonos i know a few people that have them and they're awesome
1: yeah yeah um i like them i think they've they've solved some of their ui problems that they used to be sort of featureless like one button boxes and they've got a little more uh complexity on the you can like pause and increase the volume and stuff on the on the hardware now um they're pricey but um it's gotten, it's gotten a lot better in a lot of ways and they are out adding Apple T or Apple music support. So that's going to be a big, a big win. And that will that will probably push me over to the edge to at least buy the one that can go in my stereo and play through my big speakers because, uh, then I will have access to that in the living room. And that would be nice. Last piece of up this week, you
0: and Merlin mentioned mailbox. Oh man. Um, Unfortunately, today, Why do do
1: bad things happen to good
0: people, Mike? I don't know. (laughs) Unfortunately, today, Dropbox announced, and they actually said this in their tweet, that they are sunsetting... Oh, my God. Carousel and Mailbox. (laughs) Carousel, like, I don't even know why they began it in the first place, but Mailbox was a good app. It's a good
1: product, but they're killing it, and they're killing it, like, dead, dead. It's not even, like... It was a good app until they killed it, right? I mean, and then they killed it. They, they bought it and killed it
0: I mean but it still works fine right like if you take it as it is right now like on an iPhone for example
1: it works yeah, flawlessly it's that by it's by the by the most you know right they did a Mac version that was so promising and never got out of beta
0: yeah and I use the Mac version every day I mean and and it works right so, I mean like all it, it works it's fine it has problems but I use it on a daily basis like it does work but a lot of these yeah. sort of things. What happens is, you know, they get killed or they get bought and then killed. And then the, the apps kind of just fade away slowly over time, right? They just get old.
1: Yeah, this seems to just be that they, they made a mistake. Dropbox just made a mistake. They shouldn't have bought Mailbox and they bought it and they ruined it. Yeah, but like what was, what I mean, you know, is not so much about that, but
0: like they're actually killing a lot of the good functionality, on in February. So, like, all of the snoozing and stuff like that, that's just going to stop working. And they, yeah. I read it on their um, FAQ, if you have anything snoozed at a certain date in February, it's all just going to arrive in your inbox. <laughs> because all of that stuff is server side. Yeah. Right? So they're killing it. They're just, on February 26th, uh. it's all just going to just fart into your mailbox, basically. I don't, I don't really know how else to say it. So, like, they're, they're killing it. Like, it's just, and then it's all done. Um, so, I'm reevaluating and I'm still working out what I want to do.
1: Oh well, this—I mean, this is this is the story. This happens. This happens. Companies buy apps, and they think that they're going to do something with them, and it turns out that th- that for better focus on their core business, they should then uh, get rid of them or integrate them into their existing product. And it's too bad because Mailbox was a really great product, and with another owner or independent, maybe it could have been something, uh, something better. Google Inbox is similar, and there are apps um, like Spark that uh, are are good. At doing similar things, this this what Mailbox sort of suggested as a as a method of dealing with email. I think is is something that is spreading, but the big problem is until there's a standard by which all of the kind of scheduling and deferring and things could happen. Uh, the problem is that you really need to use the same system everywhere you look at email, and that's my problem with it. Is uh, Mailbox at least they had a Mac app. And they had the iOS app, but, um, a lot of this stuff, I mean, I guess I could use Google inbox because I've got Gmail on my desktop just in a, in a browser window. But that's the problem is, you know, you can't say, well, I'll use this neat app on my iPhone, but in, in, on the desktop, I'll just use Apple mail or something. It's just not, not, uh, not ideal. So, oh, well, RIP mailbox.
0: Let me take a quick break and there's one other thing I want to touch on in regards to this mailbox thing actually. It was from a question in the chat room which is very interesting. Uh, This episode of Upgrade is brought to you by Braintree, code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, you should be checking out Braintree. Do you want to know why? It's because Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Muntry and so many more. These are huge apps that deal with tons of money going through their system and they all use Braintree as their payment solution. This is because Braintree has made the payment experiences in all of these apps seamless and magical. And now you'll be able to add a similar experience to your own app as well ...by using Braintree. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth dollar. Braintree is also helping to solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience. They make all of these payment experiences, all of this stuff, all of the mobile cart stuff, so simple, and they make it so seamless for customers and for you to add to your own app as well. Braintree is a full stack payment solution. They have support for all payment types that your customers might be wanting, like PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and way more, all with just one single integration, you can have access to all of these different payment methods. It will be with you and your customers across all platforms with superior fraud protection, their fantastic customer service, and those important fast payouts. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com upgrade. Thank you so much to Braintree for their support of this show. So Jonathan uh, in the chat room asked the question, do you guys think Dropbox might be secretly starting to go under? And you know, or like you know, to stretch this out a little bit more. Are things like this are um are they worrying? Like do you, you know Jason, do you look at this stuff and think, "Oh, maybe Dropbox is in trouble here."
1: I don't. I actually look at this and think uh, it shows some discipline that they lacked before. Yeah, <laughs> like, I completely they... agree. I,
0: I think what this shows is Dropbox for business has taken off. Like, that's what I look at this and be like, that's the other thing that they're doing. Then you look at the other thing that they've done recently, Paper, which is a collaboration work tool, mm-hmm. right? Which that suggests to me that they are going all in on business stuff, which is where the money is, right? The enterprise. Which, that's and. Right. Consumer-facing tools like photo services and email clients, the money isn't there.
1: Well, this is um, – it is about focus. It is about asking what every business should and, – and possibly every person should ask themselves, which is what do I do better than anyone else? What is my thing that I do well? And businesses especially need to say what are we what are we about what do we do better than anything else? That's what you should focus on. And when businesses get in trouble, it's because they lose track of that, or they try to spread out into areas where they're not as they're not as good, and they don't do as good a job. And those are very difficult areas to succeed in because there are other people out there who do it better. So Dropbox is saying what we do really well is connect uh, connect people who are working together. Uh, and make their files available, and 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 yes, that that includes maybe people who are working at home, and the, the you know people who are spending for the personal version of Dropbox. I think that is part of what they do. It's like connecting files and things that you're working on, and potentially with coworkers or friends and collaboration. And you know, you I'm sure they've got their concept down to a sentence or two, but I think when they made these acquisitions, they maybe thought they were. Either they thought they were someone else or they thought this was what they were about and then realized that it was too far afield from what they were about. And so, you know, I I, I see this as being disciplined. I'd be much more worried about a company that just started snapping up things that were totally unrelated to its core business. And you went, huh, why did they do that? Because that's what happened when Mailbox got bought by Dropbox is everybody went, I guess... You know, it was it was not super clear about what the what the direct fit was. So I'd say that all those this really stinks from a standpoint of somebody who liked mailbox. I think it's a sign of discipline and uh, mail and Dropbox knowing what it wants to be and focusing on that. And that, that I think that's good for Dropbox.
0: You never really know. Right. But I kind of look at it and be like, well, Dropbox's key service is the thing that they charge you for, which is the space. Right. And I can see why they went down the photos and email route, because it's another Mm -hmm. thing to put in the space that you pay for. But I think ultimately that will have made them some money, but not as much money as the business solutions could have made. And I agree, like if this isn't working for them now, I prefer them for them to just do it now and focus their business so Dropbox doesn't struggle and go away in the future. Right. Because I, I need Dropbox more than I need Mailbox.
1: I agree. I agree with that. Um, And there, well, the fact is there are other companies that are doing things like mailbox and probably doing it better than Dropbox. So is that, uh, you know, if you're, if you're Dropbox, do you look at this and say, look, Google is doing inbox. Why why are we even trying this? Because Google is going to, is going to be able to tie directly in with Gmail and all of its server stuff. And, you know, some of this stuff is now in, in Outlook on ios right i mean it's just do we really need to be here so i i think i think that's all good if you look at what slack has done and i saw somebody complaining on twitter about this the other day that like i i wanted to they said i wanted to pay for slack and then i realized there's no way i'm going to pay for slack because it's too expensive slack decided that it didn't even want an interim step it was going to be very slack decided to be very generous with its free tier yep and beyond that it doesn't really want you to pay unless you're a big business And if you're a big business, if you're a business with a budget who wants to pay for all the features that are of interest to business that they're building, then they want your money. But they don't want your money if you're going to be paying them $15 a month or $20 a month because they don't want to maintain that audience and it doesn't make them enough money. They would rather give it away for free get it in places and where people can have their minds blown by how great it is and then go to the CFO and say we need we need this for our business and we need these other features or the IT person to say we really should have this be official let's do that and that's their yep. strategy and I think it's probably a good one in fact I think if you were running Dropbox today you might argue that uh what they should do is make the free tier much larger than it is now and then have business and and you know I'm as somebody who pays a hundred dollars a year or whatever for Dropbox, that would make me sad. And I don't think they're actually going to do this, but you could make the argument that they'd be better off doing that, which is what Slack does, which is, you know, make it, make it uh, super great for almost everybody to use your service and rely on it. And then if any business wants to use it, they pay you.
0: Like with Slack, when I first started using Slack, when we first started using it for relay, we looked at the prices and were like, we're never going to pay for this. Like it's too expensive. Yeah, you know, looking at like for example, you know, how much our hosting costs or whatever. You know, we pay nearly as much in uh, hosting for one show for a, for upgrade, for example, a month as it costs to pay for one person in Slack for a month. Yeah, right. That the the prices are very similar actually, uh, with what we pay for Libsyn, and then it got to the point where we were like, ah, we're Slack is so important to us now. There's a few features that we really need okay we're just going to have to do it and by that time our business had grown in people that we needed in a slack by like five times so that's how you grow a business like them like you know it's it's genius
1: like get yeah. people in the door make them not be able to live without it and then they'll start to pay you so i, I so the the short version of this is i think it's a good sign uh, which is not to say that it's a guarantee that Dropbox will be successful, but I think this isn't this isn't a company that is cutting costs, and that's why it's going away. This is a company that's focusing this is showing some discipline. I think it's a good sign
0: it's probably an engineering limit, certainly that that's what i would look at this mostly i think as being they have limited engineering resources
1: it's focus uh, i mean even if you say with somebody like apple it's not just about the resources it's about the focus is is do we really want to have engineers and work with engineers who are working on this product that has nothing to do with who who we are or what we do now they could have chosen to spin it off to you know make it a make it a wholly owned subsidiary or something like that but i my imagination or i mean my guess is that it's that the people aren't even don't even want to work on it you don't you don't come to dropbox and work on this app that's off in the corner right you don't want to go work at the app that's in the corner at dropbox so it makes yeah i i get it it's just sad but i get it
0: yep all right let's uh let's talk about sketch in the mac app store so this this happened late last week right um sometime last week it's on december 1st so, but on Tuesday, of last week, uh, Sketch posted a blog post on their site just basically saying that they were leaving the Mac App Store. Now, uh, I have the pleasure and you had the pleasure of seeing uh, Peter Onvely is uh, the guy behind Sketch, one of the guys behind Sketch, at Release Notes. Yes. And he had a real great talk at Release Notes about how he runs his business and stuff like that. It was absolutely fantastic. Um and he spoke very briefly about the Mac App Store and some of the challenges of it. And when I saw this uh, post come out, I was surprised that they were actually still on the Mac App Store.
1: Yeah, after after seeing Peter's talk at, <laughs> uh, at release notes, it was very clear to me that this is where they were going. And you're right, yeah. I had that same moment, which is, wow, wow, so they were on the Mac App Store. Interesting, because he gave all sorts of reasons why why he didn't want to be want to do like an iPad version uh, of uh, of Sketch and what all the problems were with the App Store. So clearly, this was his thought process that was leading to this. It just you know it just the announcement wasn't in the presentation.
0: I was also very surprised um, to re- to to find out that they were Mac App Store only <laughs> previously. Which is really um interesting for a tool like this, like it's a big professional tool, um, and they've obviously spotted that this is a problem in their business somebody you know a, a company that's not them have too much control, right, so they've decided that they want out, yeah, so hmm. I mean one of the things that's really interesting about this to me is the importance of that Apple have put on Sketch in the side of this happening. Like, not only are they an ADA winner, when the Apple Watch stuff came out and the designs, the guidelines, and came out for it, they included assets for Photoshop and for Sketch, right? Yeah. And that is, that shows me that I would assume, looking at that, that the, the guys and girls over at Sketch have the ear of Apple. Mm hmm. At least or at least some part of Apple at least some part of Apple <laughs> but high up enough I would assume that they could let all of these thoughts be known in advance. they could have a conversation with someone because I'm sure they've had some things that were frustrating to them that they have that they have um, that they have let out right That would be my assumption in, in just looking at this as a thing and this has still happened which really does suggest to me that the majority of things that they are looking for um and are are not around the corner right
1: yeah i think i think so um i'll put a a link in the show notes i'll put it into our notes about um uh, michael tsai did a uh, sort of a roundup um with links to a lot of different pieces uh john gruper mentioned in his piece he used the uh the the phrase the mac app store is rotting mm-hmm. which i have to say he's right <laughs> it's a real good turn of phrase for it it really is a good turn of phrase because it feels like nothing has happened and they're not paying attention and and they're not listening and nobody seems to care and it's like why should anybody else care if apple doesn't seem to care about the mac app store for maybe for anything but like like games maybe and os um, updates Yeah, because, uh, because bare bones, you know, Rich Siegel spoke at Singleton last October and talked about why they were pulling BB out of the, out of the store. There doesn't seem like there's anything. Uh, I mean, the, the, the lack of attention, Michael Tsai says that one of his, uh, El Capitan bug fix updates has been in review for 59 days. I've heard from a lot of other developers who've said that they put, they put in these updates and I mean, even iOS app store updates often have long wait times, but the Mac app store, it feels sometimes like there's just nobody there, literally like nobody minding the store. Um, uh, you know, so many people have, have dropped in dropped in on this. Matt and Reese wrote a piece of, about it. That was, that was a, uh, that was short, but pretty good. And, and, uh, makes a point that I've felt for a long time, which is what Manton says is, all this time Apple could have been iterating on the Mac App Store, improving sandboxing entitlements, improving review times, customer interaction, yet they have not. And that is the rotting that John Gruber is referring to. Is It's sort of like, I kind of feel like Apple thought that why not bring this to the Mac? It would be just as successful as iOS. And whether it is that, whether that was faulty because the Mac's not as big a platform and Mac apps are, are different or more complicated or something, or whether it's them not having any follow-up or a little bit of both. Um, I think it's more of the latter, but, um, or more of the former, but a little bit of the latter too, that, that, that it hasn't helped that Apple has not really, the people who did jump into the Mac app store have seen that Apple's not really paying very close attention to it. So it's, uh, I mean, the funny thing here is the solution is just don't use the Mac app store. And because unlike iOS, uh, the Mac App Store, you can just just leave it and and you can still sell apps. And that seems to be what's happening at this point is it makes me wonder if Apple's basically thinking to itself, look, this is all it's ever going to be. And if you don't want to follow the rules, just just leave. We're okay with that. Just go. Because how else to explain that they're not either that or they feel like they can't make changes to it that wouldn't impact the ios app store and that's the important one so if they're going to make a policy they want to make it universal and they're making the right decisions maybe for the ios app store so the mac app store gets to deal with it i don't know it's it's not good it's a it's a it's not good
0: yeah so as a mac app as a mac user right you are a primarily a Mac user, that is the platform that you are most attracted to, how mm-hmm. often
1: do you use the Mac App Store? Uh, not that often. I do use it, sometimes I use it where it's, um, I'm I'm looking for uh, an app that does something very specific, a little utility, and I'll think to myself, well, why don't I just go on the Mac App Store and search for a stopwatch? what stopwatches does the Mac app store have?
0: Cause you just figure that's a real easy place to find this stuff. Cause Googling could be a nightmare.
1: Yeah. It's a small utility. It's probably in the Mac app store. I don't see why it wouldn't be in the Mac app store. Let's just search. Oh, there are five of them. One of them's free. Let's download that. Oh, it's terrible. This one's $2. It looks pretty good. I'll buy that $2 fine done. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm going to use the stopwatch now stuff like that. Uh, and, uh, and there's, st- there's some stuff that has to be in the Mac app store for various reasons. Um, like uh photos extensions <laughs> have to be in the Mac App Store but um but mostly mostly not if somebody recommends something and it's only in the Mac App Store I go to their website and they say buy it in the Mac App Store then I'll do that but you know I don't I my my uh the App Store app my most common uh tab is updates <laughs> right it's updates I leave it in updates all the time not featured not charts not categories Sometimes purchased if I want to go back and look and see, did I buy that? But that's it. It's just not, yeah. I like the idea of a lot of the app store, right? Because,
0: for example, um, I I like that you just go back in when you get a new Mac and everything's there as oh, I opposed agree. to having to search through, like, did I, was I smart enough to save this license key in one password or do I have to look through email for it? Right, like, uh, and all that kind of stuff, and then having to just go to all the different websites and remember what you want to download, rather than just going to one lovely list and just clicking all those things. Um, I like that you know, one purchase gets you multiple licenses across multiple machines. Uh, it's just nice to have that sort of stuff. which makes it easy, right? Then rather than having to think about like, will I need to buy a multi-user license for this uh-huh. piece of software? Hmm, I'm not sure. Could I? You know, like, I just that all that. I find all of that frustrating. Um, and also not having to enter in my card information into a bunch of different websites and systems that I don't know, um, or I don't really know who's managing them. Having it all in Apple and iTunes in my iTunes account, it's just nice. And like, I just like having it all there. It's easy to to deal with. Um, but there's, you know, but then on the other side, is like when I'm buying things as a business, it makes it really difficult because I can't use my business card on my iTunes account, and I don't want to have multiple iTunes accounts, right? So like, there's there's other little bits of that on the flip side. But all of this is is moot as long as Apple continues to not do anything with the App Store, right? It, It seems like nothing's happening. Nothing has happened. It's been basically untouched since it was introduced. And I'm wondering, like, if you think back to iOS 8, right? WWDC for iOS 8. There was a ton of stuff that was like, oh, you're just, you know, you're doing all these amazing things and developers are so happy. You've done all these incredible things for iOS. And I wonder, like, is there a potential that they may do this stuff for the Mac App Store? Like, could they introduce something like trials or um, changes to app review or sandboxing stuff? Could they say, oh, and well, we've been listening to you and done all of this. And then they get like yep. rounds of applause.
1: They could. Do you think they will? Though the question is: Is it worth the amount of the amount of energy they're they're putting out for OS ten? Is it worth it for them, uh, in terms of what they think that the the platform will benefit? Um, and at some point, you have to ask yourself: Like, why? Why even have Apple involved? Uh, you you've detailed some of the reasons why it's a there's a user convenience there but i can see it from apple's perspective like why would we people who want to sell outside the app store can already do it so why should we even worry about it why should we even prioritize that whereas ios is where we make our money on the app store i think one of the problems here is that it's using the same infrastructure so they don't have mac app store engineers as far as i can tell they have app store engineers and they may they may have some people who are doing things about like app submissions on the Mac and all that, but it seems to be the same exact same infrastructure for all of this stuff. So that's a challenge, right? Do you prioritize Mac App Store development over iOS or App Store development? I wouldn't. Uh, you know, do you have the discipline to say certain amount of the stuff that we do is going to be on the Mac because it's important for the Mac as a platform that uh, that we have this here? Um, and if you if you really take out a bunch of these things on the Mac App Store, um, yeah, it would make it better, but is Apple going to accept that? Because, yeah, I could see a WWDC announcement where they say, look, let's tell you about the next version of macOS. And it is called macOS, just like iOS and tvOS and watchOS. It's macOS. Version 11. Here it is. New Mac App Store. Here's how it works. You have trials. You have... Uh, you know, you can do trials, you can do upgrade pricing. There are no sandbox limitations. App review is gone. All we're going to ask is that you submit a signed binary so that if your uh, app turns into malware, we can turn it off. But otherwise, and, and we're going to take 30% because we're we're sitting in the middle. Otherwise, just go to town. Knock yourselves out. Okay. Would they do that? Hard to see. Maybe. But they're giving up a lot of control. Uh, Maybe they'll do a little bit less than that. And then would people do it at that point? You know, I guess you have the advantage of being in the in the storefront, but I don't think we've seen a lot of evidence that the storefront drives massive sales of Mac apps. And maybe that's the, the story of the Mac app store. Ultimately, is the Mac app store is for the kinds of things that people who only shop in the Mac app store would buy. Maybe that's the story. That if you are somebody who is a super uh, novice user and all you want is to find a calculator or a calendar or a stopwatch, that you will go there and search and you'll find it. Or you're just looking for games or for your kid, whatever, then it's fine for that because then these limitations don't matter. And that anything else that Mac developers, indie Mac developers got really excited about, like, oh, I can put my backup utility in there. Oh, no, I can't. It's like. Mac App Store is just not for that stuff. It's not for anything with any complexity at all. That certainly seems to be where we are, right? That seems to be the solution to this. And maybe that's okay. Um, maybe that's just how it has to be. That the App Store that we had, that we thought would be this thing that would would bring iOS level excitement to app sales on the Mac is just not that. It, it, it like something like uh, what is it, Launchpad? That feature where all the giant apps are on a screen on your Mac, maybe it's this relic of a time when uh, the people in charge of Mac OS thought that it was—it just needed to be iOS in all ways. It needed to have a simple launcher. It needed to have a simple app store. Um, and you know that, is, that would be my vote. My vote would be that all of these features came from a time when Apple thought the Mac was gonna be more and more and more like iOS and that that was the right direction for the Mac. And I'm not sure they feel that way anymore. And I think maybe it shows. <laughs> and uh because like launch launchpad that is just a waste it, it, it was a waste it, uh, my apologies to somebody out there who uses launchpad maybe there's somebody out there who uses launchpad but to me it seems like a waste of time it's who's it for is anybody really using it? it 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 it's a waste but it sort of looks like an ipad home screen so it's got that going for it um and mac app store maybe it's the same thing maybe apple regrets the whole thing maybe they're like dropbox buying mailbox like oops but they put put their whole uh software update infrastructure into it now so what you're gonna do
0: uh, when you said what you're gonna do just for some reason the word ghostbusters just popped into <laughs> no, my that's head that's not how it works and i don't know that's not how that works but
1: that's not that's all i got that's right that maybe they apple should call the ghostbusters if the, if if the only thing left uh it feels like it though right like there's just old stuff tumbleweed abandoned busters things. <laughs> yeah yeah no that that's my i like that theory i'm gonna go with that that this is this is a relic of a of an earlier time when when and we all remember it when it seemed like the mac was getting pushed closer and closer um in in so many ways to ios and that stopped roughly when scott Forstall got fired and they've made you know then they made statements that no the mac needs to be its own thing that's the strategy um but we got the Mac App Store and Launchpad out of it.
0: <laughs> I think that there isn't going to be a big announcement at WWDC, in all honesty. Because can you imagine that they would put trials or change sandbox limitations or upgrade pricing like no. app review changes on iOS? No way. And they're not going to do it it on the Mac, right? If they're not going to, you know, they're not going to do it on iOS. They're not going to do it on the Mac. They're not going to mix those two things together because if they do it on one, they'll have to do it on the other.
1: So this this is the solution, right? They're also not going to shut down the Mac App Store. It seems unlikely because they have their whole infrastructure in there. It seems like they're not going to shut down the Mac App Store. So what will happen is it'll just go like this. And that's what it will end up being a thing for super simple apps and Apple stuff. And that's it. I think that's the most likely solution. i kind of like them to just shut it down. But hey, if it works for some apps and it works for some people and it's working for Apple, then just you, you can just keep it around. But let's all p- stop pretending that anybody's going to use it for anything beyond the most basic software. Yep, so that, that the The continued rotting of the Mac App Store seems to be the most likely scenario here, I gotta say. This week's episode is also
0: brought to you by Audible.com. Audible includes more than 180,000 audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, general publishers, and more. And Audible is offering a 30-day free trial membership to listeners of Upgrade. Just go to audible.com upgrade to take a look at their fantastic selection of audio programs. They also have an app that you can grab if you want to listen on the go. I have the Audible app on my iPhone and I have for many years. I have a bunch of uh, audio books in there. And I wanted to recommend one that I love. And this is a, an audio book that I've probably listened to like three or four times. And it's called The Second Coming of Steve Jobs. Um, it's written by Alan Deutschman and it's narrated by a guy called Charles Stransky who does a fantastic job. This is my favourite Steve Jobs book. Um, It was released in uh, 2000, in the year 2000. So the story that it tells is the one that a lot of books skip over. It talks primarily about Steve's kind of uh, early days and the Mac and it talks about him being ousted and it talks about Uh, Next and Pixar in a lot of detail. Um, Then he returns to Apple and the story ends. And all of the really incredible things, the iPhone, the iPad, none of that is in this book because it wasn't done when the book was written. Um, It's uh, just under eight hours, the unabridged version. um, And I love it. It talks so much about Pixar. There's just great stories about like Toy Story and things like that in here. Um, And it really goes into a lot of detail in those because that's all the book has to talk about. Um, and I really like it. Have you ever read this book? I I haven't. I, I really recommend this one. I came across this. Um not too long after it came out, I think, really. It was in the early 2000s. Um, and I listened to a bunch of Steve Jobs books that were available at the time. And this one was by far and away my favorite. As I say, I've listened to it a few times and I really, really recommend it because it, it kind of focuses on the man in, in, in a slightly different way, especially if you've if you've read uh, the the Isaacson book and the um, the newer one. What was that called? Oh, the Schlendler book. Oh. Becoming Steve Jobs? Was that it?
1: I'm get, yeah, Becoming Steve Jobs. There it is. I've lost completely. Um, uh, There's so many Steve Jobs book books now. It's like one formed into one giant tome of Steve Jobs. And looking on Audible right now, like if you do want Steve Jobs
0: books, they have them all, right? <laughs> like they're all here. Like there is the Becoming Steve Jobs book. That is on there as well. Um, I actually listened to that as an audio book as well. Um, And the audio book is very good. Um, The Becoming Steve Jobs book. But I like The Second Coming of Steve Jobs, so I recommend that. And you had a, a book you wanted to recommend as well, Jason.
1: Yeah, I've been. There are a lot of books, because I read a lot of books, uh, a lot of books that I could recommend here, but I'm going to, for timely reasons, recommend. Um, I mentioned the, the TV series The Expanse, which is coming from the sci fi next week. Um, and I highly recommend that book series. It is probably the best book series that I've read in the last five years. Uh, there are five books that... Unlike uh, your George R. R. Martins, who, you know, uh, reappear with a new book every four or five years, these guys, super disciplined. It's two guys who write it under a pen name, super disciplined. They've got a new novel every June, I think. So there's a new one every year. That also means that there are five to choose from now and read. And the first one is what uh, the first season, at least, if not more, of the, of the Expanse is going to be based on. It's called Leviathan Wakes by James S.A. Corey. And it is available unabridged on Audible. And it is a huge amount of fun. It's set in uh, the future in the solar system. And there are people on Earth and Mars and people in the asteroid belt and the outer planets. And it is an interesting combination of sort of sci-fi adventure with a kind of noir detective story. Oh. And some surprising, almost horror-esque elements that come on later in the story that when they come in, it is uh, quite a a fun uh, change in tone of the plot uh so there's a lot of good stuff in there it's just it's great and the other books are also great so highly recommended and uh if you are uh, thinking of watching that show i would say uh try the audiobook it's a great book leviathan wakes
0: so you these are just some suggestions you can select any book uh any audiobooks at all when you start your trial uh, but these are just some suggestions that me and Jason have enjoyed. So go to audible.com slash upgrade to get started with your 30-day free trial and check out some books from Audible. Thank you so much to audible.com for their support of this show and Relay FM. So, Jason, uh, we're going to go yes. back to my favorite topic right now, which is the iPad Pro. <laughs> we could talk about oh, the good. iPad Pro again, because uh, I read a little post that you wrote in your Macworld column. Yeah. Um and I assume this is you coming to the end of your time with your review unit. I'm going to assume. Um and you you wrote a post on a Macworld of a wish list. So would I be right in thinking that? You're kinda of coming to the end of your time with with the unit you have?
1: Yeah, I need to check when I was supposed to send it back. Probably I already was supposed to send it back, so I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to uh have to do that. I'm gonna have to pack it up and, and, and mail it back to Apple. But um i'm getting very close to deciding i'm gonna buy an ipad pro i i i I really do i really do like it Um, look at that i didn't expect that i i feel like when we first spoke about this a few
0: weeks ago that that wasn't yeah necessarily your take on this so you're right i mean we can get to your wish list in a moment but now this revelation (laughs) this this bomb has been dropped so i want you to tell me what's happened Bigger is better is,
1: is I'm my just, assumption. I'm just, Mike was right. Um, <laughs> I, I you know, everything I've said still goes. I, I think it's more awkward in some situations and spectacularly great in others. And I think after using it for three plus weeks that I've decided I would rather it be awkward in those situations and have me manage it in order to get the greatness of it in the other situations um, rather than go back to the smaller. It is true. The iPad Air feels like an iPad mini now it is it is so it feels so small compared to the to the pro so um i i i'm going to be if i buy one of these i'm going to be one of those people who doesn't buy either the pencil or the smart keyboard because i have no i have no desire to have either of those products i have no need for the one and no desire for the other i would rather use an external uh, a bluetooth keyboard that's better than uh than that i don't i don't see i'm not one of those people who needs to carry my keyboard around with me all the time i can throw a keyboard in a bag uh, when i'm traveling and pull the keyboard out when i want to type something that that works for me i don't need more than that um but but yeah i mean that's the bottom line is i feel like it is worth it to have that big screen uh and i can deal with the fact that it's uh it's, it's awkward in some places. That said, I did do some thumb typing on the iPad Air 2 the other day, and I thought, oh, I can actually type while I'm holding this thing, which the iPad Pro doesn't do. So there's still a chance that I will not. Um, I think what's going to happen is I'm going to send the Apple one back, and then I'm going to see how I feel. And if after a couple of weeks I realize that I'm really missing it, then I'll buy one.
0: The thumb typing thing um, is one of the trade-offs for me. Yeah. It's like, I like to be able to do that, but now I just adjust the way that I use this thing and the way that I hold this thing and how I type with this thing. And if I need to be walking or moving or standing up and typing, well, I'm going to type slowly holding it and typing with one finger. I just have to accept that any message I want to send when walking around with my iPad pro will be shorter and type more slowly Um, because I love this thing completely. (laughs) I love my iPad pro. It is by far my favorite computing device right now. Um, it's fantastic. I was doing some work over the weekend. Actually, it was setting up the membership stuff. So right. we we, we use Memberful, which is a great platform, and it's the uh-huh. platform you use. And we were creating all of the plans in Memberful, and each one creates a URL. And we had to drop all of the URLs into uh, our CMS to create the pages. So it was like 20-odd shows with three URLs each. And so I was doing that. And if I would have done that on my Mac, it would have been nice and simple, like copy and paste the text. And... But I had Safari on one side, I had Chrome on the other, and it was so easy. I had the pencil in my hand. I would just, with my, I would have my thumb on the right side, like press down on URL, copy, then go click with the pencil on the other one, tap in the box, click the paste button. And I was just rattling through that so quickly. Mm. And for me, that was faster than I would have done it on the Mac. Like just flat out, it was faster. And I'm sure that you would do it faster on the Mac than I did it on the iPad. But just like the way that I was doing it, I just got into this rhythm, and I'm at the point now after using this thing where I really like. And sounds so. I I already hate myself as I'm saying this because of what the phrase actually means. I really like working with my hands, uh, in this way. Uh Right my hands are on the screen it's kind of what like they originally spoke about with the ipad right like you manipulating the web and stuff like that but it feels way more with this device and just the pen input stuff i love i love using the apple pencil as like as pen input like so i use it so much on the ui of the device like i use it to tap things i use it to select things it really works for me um, in a way that other ipads haven't and and i don't know why that is like obviously i'm a person that feels very very comfortable with a pen in my hand so maybe that helps me in more feel like feel like it's more natural i don't know yeah. what it is but i really love using it that way um so i mean i'm very happy with it uh, and i'm i'm pleased that you are as well so much in so much that you're thinking of of uh getting a new one but this isn't a perfect product right so right. to kind of wrap up and kind of round up your um, wishes here you asked for more cases which I completely agree with there aren't many cases and I am also sad that I have a black smart cover and not like a green one
1: yeah they come they're in like dark grey and white yeah it, it's yeah so there's there's the smart covers have no colour options to speak of um, there are, there need to be more cases in general, which it's it's going to just take time for that to happen. Um, I want a keyboard thing like the old origami where I want a thing where I can put a Bluetooth keyboard and have like a little, I mean, again, the smart cover will sort of do this, but have like a little stand. For the iPad Pro, yep. that with a Bluetooth keyboard in front of it, because I don't, I don't really want to use the smart keyboard, um, and I, I don't need to, so why not? And, but I don't want it to be a, ca- a case like the Logitech Create. I want it to be a thing where you can, you know, set your iPad in it and use it, and then t- pick up the iPad and walk away. Um, I actually just
0: today was able to order a smart keyboard, um, and it's not from Apple. It's from a a. a Company here called Currys. It's very much like a Best Buy, right. um, yeah. and it will be arriving tomorrow. Oh, that's exciting! Um, and I just want to try this. I probably think I will return this. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But think so too. I, yeah, I don't think I'm going to like it. But I want to give it a shot because I do want to. I do want to use a keyboard with it in some instances. Um, and I've been using this Logitech one, and I keep meaning to get my Magic keyboard out of the out of the iMac box mm-hmm. because I figure. I don't use that. It actually might work really well for me yeah. to use that here because I always have a cable to charge that keyboard wherever right. I am. Yeah,
1: right. No, I think that I think that's a I think that's a, a good idea. Also, if you try it um, and you like the key feel, then you can return it. And when they come out with a UK keyboard, you could get that one. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, I think
1: you're not going to want the US keyboard in. But anyway. I
0: have a US software
1: keyboard layout anyway. You yeah, know?
0: all right. Like it's, it's the UK keys, but they're, they're all well, shaped right. incorrectly. But,
1: I, I, but I'm hoping that they'll fix that too at some yeah. point, but maybe, maybe not.
0: Yeah, from my understanding of this, though, it seems like they're going to fix the software stuff, but it doesn't seem like they're going to fix the hardware keyboard, I don't think.
1: No, the hardware keyboard, they said they're going to do international oh, really? keyboard layouts. Yeah. Oh, good. There will be international smart keyboards down the road. They said. Okay. So we'll see. I mean, again, it's a sort of peculiar rollout that they don't only really have the one. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, it's why don't they have any of the accessories in their stores? Right. It's the other thing. Right. Right. The you know a lot of my complaints I've written other articles about about uh, multitasking. Like I want more apps to do picture in picture. There's still a bunch of my apps, my video apps, that don't that don't do it.
0: Yeah, why is that? Is it like a DRM thing? Like so, you know, because so many different services implemented their own video players for like whatever re- dumb reasons like DRM why it didn't want AirPlay or whatever.
1: It's possible, although I would I would think that you could still do it, but I I don't know. I mean, I I don't know the technical details. It's just bottom line as a user, it frustrates me that I can't put Netflix in a little video box and I can't put um, my cable company has an app that has all the live channels that I've authenticated to be able to see and, and stuff that's on demand, and it doesn't work with it. But ESPN does and Hulu does. So go figure. So more more picture in picture apps, uh, the better. We co- we've talked about it before. The better split view app picker thing, so I can I can um, more easily. Uh, choose which app I want to have in slide over or split view. The the stuff that I talked about, about having uh, being able to sort of like pair up apps so that instead of, uh, lo- you know, having to launch a new app and then changing the app that's in the in the split view, I could just have a way to set those so that it knows that when I use this app, I want this to be in the split view. Um, just more more software development stuff, uh, more keyboard shortcuts, um, that uh, just sort of system-wide, uh, the ability, like like I said, to be able to search for an app and actually select it instead of having to reach up and touch the screen. And then third-party developers are a part of this too. There's still way too many apps that are scaled up for the iPad Pro because they haven't been updated to take advantage of the screen size. And they've got the weird keyboard because it's a scaled-up iPad Air keyboard that you're seeing. And, uh, and then also they don't have as good... Uh, keyboard support as they should and multitasking support as they should. So, you know, it's 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 little stuff, but it's important stuff.
0: So, uh, you know, to, to echo some of those things in regards to cases, I want a case that holds the pencil neatly. And I've seen a oh, yeah. few um, sleeves that hold it, but that doesn't work for me. Um, I have actually purchased a pen loop um, and have stuck that pen loop Onto my iPad,
1: <laughs> like like with a sticker.
0: It is a sticker, like it is a. It's got a, a sticky back. I mean, I'm putting stickers on it anyway, right? All right, on on my iPad. So like, I don't really care so much. Um, I'm not 100 percent convinced in it yet because it definitely works and it works pretty well. Um, but there are a couple of drawbacks. Like for example, uh, when I now put the smart cover around on the back the magnet the magnets don't uh, fit together as strongly because there is something obstructing the case from touching the back of the ipad so easily Mm. Uh, but it it holds it mostly but not completely um and also the the kind of the stickiness is not holding on one edge but the rest of it is so incredibly glued down that i think it might be okay but what it is doing which i love is now my uh pencil is affixed to my ipad at all times So it's really easy for me to just grab it and store it somewhere. That's nice. So I got one of those and I've stuck it on. It's by a company called Leuchterm 1917, which is a a pen and paper manufacturer that I'm familiar with. Hmm. Um, And it's just a little pen loop. And I bought a couple of them and I've stuck it on the back of my iPad.
1: So when I was at at, uh, Twit yesterday, uh, Leo was complaining about there's no place to stick the pencil on the iPad Pro because I brought the iPad Pro with me. Instead of a laptop um, sidebar, um, there are no IRC clients for iOS that support multitasking, oh. which is such a shame. I realize the the uh, IRC is not a super popular format for most, but boy, all the chat rooms for all the podcasts that I'm on, use it. So I would like that. That would that would have helped. But anyway, he was saying, oh, you know, I've got the pen here for the Surface Book because he has a Surface Book. And it it just, you know, you just lay it on the side and it attaches magnetically. And see, this is so much better. And then over the course of showing me this and right after, he must have knocked that pen off by touching it and having it fall off like three times.
0: Oh yeah, a magnet I- on the side is not storage. It is placement. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and I had that moment where I thought I thought this is why Apple didn't do that. Yeah, <laughs> it's because your pencil's just going to keep on getting knocked off and falling on the ground and breaking, and it's not it's not don't do that. So no, they didn't. Anybody
0: no. that thinks that that is storage, like I was actually watching Twitter and saw him do that and was like. Like say, oh, it fixes to the side of a magnet. Like, no, it doesn't. Like it does, it stays there, but you put that in and out of any bag or move it around, that thing is just flying off all over the place. This is why I want a case to, that it goes in, that I slide it into. So and I've seen these like sleeves um, by a couple of different companies and I don't want a sleeve. Uh, I'll put links in the show notes to the sleeves that I've seen as well in case people ask for them. I want a, I want a case. I want a case that is like a smart cover that has a pen loop. I want it to have the magnets. I want it to be a stand. I want all of that. Um, and I haven't seen any of that as of yet. So I'm looking forward to seeing some of that sort of stuff because I'm confident that that there will be some people that make these things. You know, the market's not going to be massive, massive for them, but for a lot of these types of companies, big enough. So I'm looking for I've been, I've been looking on Amazon and there's some stuff that exists but it's not things that I'm interested in. Like I've seen a couple of products on Amazon like if you just search for iPad Pro case pencil on Amazon you'll see like these leather cases that have all of the stuff that I'm asking for but I just don't like the design of them. Um whilst I do love the designs of both of these sleeves uh I'm not I don't think I want a sleeve. Um I I want I want a case um or you know, a smart covery type thing to put this in. Hmm.
1: I also have real time follow up. Uh, our good, uh, our good friend uh, Doug Beal in the chat room said the, the colloquy, which I was using yesterday, actually does support split screen, and it does. I have it working right here. So how did you so miss I that? Take, uh, I well, you know why I missed it is because I was trying to run it in picture in picture, and I didn't see it when I scrolled through the low density list of things that were available, or not picture in picture and slide over. Right. Um, I didn't see oh, it in the list there because yeah, that list okay. is not organized in any reasonable way. But yeah, there it is. Okay, well, Colloquy, uh, thumbs up.
0: Man, their website, the Colloquy website, is showing iOS six screenshots. Yeah, I'm assuming it doesn't look like that anymore.
1: It it doesn't look great, <laughs> but it's but it not works. got an iOS six keyboard. Well, probably not. No, I
0: mean that's what it's showing on their website. I hope that's not the case, yeah, so that that's what you know that's my main thing, and uh, one other thing I'd like to see like in the future i I want to be able to do more with that home screen oh yeah, like i don't I don't think I want widgets. I'm not sure um maybe if they can be done right, but like I saw somebody mock up a view of like uh somewhere on Twitter, I saw this within the last week or so, I saw people mock up a kind of uh, iOS home screen with the notification center widgets on the home screen and it looked really unattractive. But I feel like I just want there to be more on that space because it's kind of unused space um, and I think they could do more there. And I I do genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that iOS 10 will bring a new look to the home screen in general. Mm, I agree. It it feels like if you're ever going to do it, 10's the one to do it
1: i suppose i figured they might do it well i figured they might do it for nine but as i've talked about before uh they're they were they had so much they had to do especially for productivity features that i can see why they may be prioritized split view picture in picture uh, keyboard stuff and just said look we'll get to the home screen next time
0: i figured they were going to do it every time for the last few releases right like even yeah. on iphone Yeah, me too but then my, now i'm thinking like if i'm apple and like it comes to ios 8 and I'm, and they're like oh let's plan out our roadmap and they're like oh we want to do this new thing to the home screen i if i was in that scenario i'd be like let's wait until 10 like that is a number 10 massive feature rechanging everything you know like if you're going to do it, do it now. So I hope they are going to do it now so I don't look like a fool. Maybe this can be another one of those Mike was right scenarios, which is to keep yeah. holding on to this one until June. Maybe. Maybe. So that's my feeling. I mean, I love the iPad Pro. I'm very happy to hear that you will be buying one. Uh, the fact Probably. That, the fact that you're speaking about it the way that you are, whether you know it or not, yeah, you're going to be getting one. I'm, I'm very confident about that fact. Should we take our final break and do some Ask Upgrade? That's a good idea. This week's Ask Upgrade is brought to you by Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses that you can get for yourself for a fraction of the price of what you'll be used to finding in stores. Buying a mattress has previously been an expensive and kind of weird thing. You go into a showroom, you sit on a mattress for a few minutes and then you decide that that's the mattress you want to sleep on for the next 10 years and then you pay a ton of money to the people in the mattress showroom or the furniture store to get this sent to you at home. This is kind of strange when you think about it, right? Like just sitting on a bed for a few minutes and being like, I will sleep on you every night. You're the mattress I want. All of that is kind of weird. And that is what Casper is here to fix. Casper, make... Fantastic mattresses, all made in America. They're premium mattresses, and it's a new uh, mattress that Casper developed themselves. It is a hybrid mattress that combines premium latex foam with memory foam. It provides resilience and long-lasting supportive comfort. These two different technologies come together for better nights and brighter days. It's just the right sink, just the right bounce. And the prices are great too. So mattresses can often cost well over $1,500. We used to see that sort of stuff. But Casper mattresses will cost between $500 for a twin size mattress, $750 for a full size, $850 for a queen, and $950 for a king. And I was talking a moment ago about this idea of going to showrooms, right? Casper understands that buying a mattress online is is also kind of peculiar, as well as going into showrooms is kind of peculiar. So they make this whole process even better by making it risk-free. Casper offers free delivery and free returns within a 100-day period. You get, you choose the mattress that you want. It gets shipped to you in a box. You open the box. You get the mattress out. You let it rest. You sleep on it for 100 days, and if you're not happy you can return it for free. It's completely risk-free. It is kind of awesome and really crazy. I love that they do this. It's such a new way of doing things because you don't have to go to the store. You get it shipped to you. You test it out in real conditions, in your own pajamas and everything and then you'll be confident that it's the mattress for you. Absolutely risk-free, super awesome. And listeners of this show can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com upgrade and using the code UPGRADE at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. Please see the site for details. Thank you so much to Casper for supporting this show and all of Relay FM. Ask Upgrade time! <laughs> Lasers,
1: lasers! I just—I'm going to just say the word lasers now. And not even make the sound. Look at that
0: upgrade. In Diane
1: uh, would like to know,
0: Jason, you mentioned last week that you use Outlook for iOS. Are there any reasons you don't use
1: Outlook on your Mac? Uh, hi to Diane. Uh, the um. Outlook for iOS is totally different. Outlook for Mac is based on the... Outlook for Mac. <laughs> it well, it's based on the Entourage code base. I mean, it feels, honestly, it's it, it It's gotten better, but it is this big app. It feels really heavy. If I, It's hard for me to explain it. It feels kind of old because I think there's a lot of stuff that has been in there since the Entourage days. Um, it's doing everything that Microsoft feels it must do to provide desktop support for its monolithic services and whatever and outlook for ios is like a totally new take on it and it's uh so so yeah i have no desire to use outlook on the mac i've looked at it i don't like it i don't want to use it but on ios um uh it's pretty good so i'm for now i'm using it there but it's just they're very different they have the same name but they're totally different
0: because in case you know, in case anyone doesn't know microsoft bought uh, uh an app called Accompli on iOS rebranded it have done actually some of their own work to make the app better but the code base is nowhere near the same they were different things originally um and i hope that they are working on building a different mac app but i'm i'm not seeing any signs of that occurring yeah uh gerard rotina said uh that he's beginning to love the up there home beta and uh, says it syncs really fast any thoughts on its future Jason, could you explain to people what this is in case they haven't seen it
1: before? Up there is a uh, startup from a whole bunch of people who used to work at Apple, including Bertrand Serlet, who was in charge of Apple uh, software development for many years, OS development. He's the guy who would come on in the first session at WWDC after the keynote and with his French accent and introduce what the details of the new features of OS 10 and iOS were. Um, a whole bunch of other people there. Uh, including uh, James Dempsey, if you have heard of James Dempsey and the Breakpoints, the the nerd rock band, Um, uh, Chris Burden, who was at Apple for a long time, a bunch of people, and they are at this startup called Up There, which is a cloud, uh, they call it the cloud computer, but they've got uh, two apps that they released, and one of them is basically storage, and one of them is basically uh, photo management. And it's all cloud syncing, and they're in beta now, and you can sign up at what is it uh up there.com and uh i don't have any opinion about about it though gerard uh i think it's an interesting thing from interesting people um who knows who knows it's a startup it's new you know i i i am hesitant to trust any startup for the long haul are they going to get bought are they gonna um, Are they gonna stay independent? Are they gonna make it? Are they gonna fail? I, I have no idea. Um, and and to be honest, I've downloaded the stuff, but I haven't even had a chance to use it yet. So I, I want to try it for myself and and see. I think I used it maybe briefly, and then I haven't gone back to it. So I need to uh, I need to look into it. But it's a startup, you know. Don't put all your stuff there and count on it lasting for twenty years because you never know. But uh, a lot of smart people at that company. A lot of a lot of smart ex Apple people there. Maybe their plan is to build good cloud services and then, uh, uh, you know, have Apple come to them and buy them out because Apple needs good cloud cloud services people. Maybe that's the plan. It's like next all over again.
0: Yeah. Uh, Rajiv would like to know, will the iPads eventually get low power mode like iPhones? What do you think, Jason? Do you think that's something that Apple would do? Uh, I feel like maybe not because just the usage of an iPad and an iPhone is different
1: but i could see the value in getting to 20% or 10% battery and having it say oh hey, yeah can i can i uh can i can i slow this down a little bit in order to keep you keep you going i think the idea there is that your ipad is less likely to be far away from a power outlet but it, it totally happens if you let it run down that that way i had when i was at twit yesterday i was at 1% when the show ended <laughs> So I would have I would have probably gone along with that. Uh, there may be some issues there in terms of multitasking and things like that. Like, does it turn off multitasking on the iPhone? It doesn't have to worry about that stuff, but on the iPad, it would have to. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's since that feature exists in iOS, I think it, I think it might very well come to iPad eventually. But I'm not sure Apple is is falling over themselves, obviously, because it's not in there now to, to add that feature. But I could see how it would have some use ultimately. But, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm going to say yes eventually in the uh on an infinite time scale.
0: It's just the greatest get out. Yeah. It really is fantastic.
1: Well, he did say eventually. I mean, that that gives me latitude.
0: Wait, the next question comes from Ivan. Do you think the iPad Pro will ever get Xcode or will Xcode ever come to the App Store?
1: I again, if we say ever, I, yes, I think something that will let you build apps will come to the iPad. iPad, iPad Pro, whatever. I do think that will happen. It may be limited in scope, especially at first. It w- My guess is it won't have all the things that we know of in Xcode. Even if they call it Xcode, I think it'll be different. But yeah, I think at some point in the next year or two, Apple will build something that is that is enough that you could develop software for the iPad on the iPad. I do think that will happen. I mean I'm just just I have no information here, but I think I feel like we're at the point where it will happen. The existence of the iPad Pro makes me believe it will happen. Maybe it'll only support Swift. You know, I don't know. I mean uh, maybe maybe it'll only support certain kinds of 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 apps, certain kinds of features at first at least, but yeah, I feel like it's got to happen. Uh Ben would like to
0: know, what podcasts do you listen to that aren't part of the Great Relay? FM network and I wanted to extend this and say all the incomparable. Either. Oh, fine, right? And not letting you sneak in there with your promotion. Although you know people should listen to incomparable shows. I wanted to get get a few others. So, do you want to start, or I have a small list?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you give me your list first?
0: All right. So I just selected a few shows um, that either are new or are just absolute favorites of mine. Uh, one of them is Control, Walt, Delete, which is a new show from The Verge. It's Neilai Patel and Walt Mossberg. And I really like this show because it's basically The Verge doing this type of show, which they haven't previously done. They either do stuff that's really heavily produced or they're like big panel shows but have a different feel to them, to the types of shows that we have here. But Control-Walt-Delete is Neil and Walt and they just talk. And it feels just like this show feels. Uh, So I really like it because it's two people that I really respect uh, and enjoy the opinions of in a format that I love. So that is a big recommendation. I've got to say Flophouse and Hello Internet, obviously. Love Uh those shows. Will do. Forever. My two favorite podcasts. Um, And uh, I also wanted to mention uh, Tomorrow with Joshua Topolsky. Uh, I don't listen to every episode. Um, I kind of pick and choose based on guests. But every time I do listen to it, I always enjoy it. So there are a couple of shows uh, I wanted to mention, two my absolute two favorites, and two that maybe you're not listening to that i think you would enjoy
1: very nice um i listen to a bunch of nerdy tv podcasts um Chip Sutterth does the Two Minute Time Lord, which is a very short Doctor Who podcast, which I really like. And of course, there's Verity and uh, and Radio Free which are longer panel podcasts that are very good. And I also listen to the Audio Guide to Babylon 5, one of my favorite sci-fi TV series from the 90s. And they're watching every episode from the beginning once every two weeks. It's a lot of fun. And that's Chip and Erica, who I uh, do podcasts with on The Incomparable. Um... The other ones I wanted to mention, uh yeah, the flop house is still my number one that's my that's my favorite um i'm you know i'm I, my must play is a t p is a must play every week mm-hmm. um Beyond that, I, I would throw out uh, I've mentioned it before I think the Poscast, which is an irregular pod podcast with Joe Posnansky, which is why it's P O S C A S T, and Mike Schur, It's a sports writer. It's basically about sports, but it's a sports writer, Joe Posnansky, and Mike Schur is the uh, creator of uh, and uh, or co creator and co executive producer of Parks and Recreation and um, and uh, Brooklyn Nine Nine, and he's one he's an executive producer on Master of None. Um, and uh, he used to do the great sports blog Fire Joe Morgan. And on that show, they talk about sports, and then they draft arbitrary things. So that's why I love it. They draft things. Drafts are great. Um, and then beyond that, I, I don't know. I, there's a bunch of podcasts I've gotten here in Overcast with like one episode of that I've that I've listened to. I'm sure I'm leaving something out. But honestly, the the two, you know, I will listen to the talk show, but it's it's they're so long, and I don't have very much podcast listening time that I pick and choose the guests. That's just how I have to do it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so ATP and Flophouse are sort of my two not affiliated with either network, uh, must listens every week. I agree with
0: ATP, obviously.
1: And I've got Hello Internet, which I listen to now that you introduced me to ah. it. But, but again, I can't listen to every episode cause I just, uh, there are just too many podcasts. So I pick and choose there. I've got the, I've got their flag. Uh, special queued up on oh, my playlist. So good.
0: Yeah. So good. Right. Um, next up, we have the uh, last question today from Veston. Uh I'm not good at live photos. Is there a place to get other tho- photos to use as my 3D touch wallpaper? I haven't seen this anywhere, like a place you could download examples of 3D touch wallpapers, but I feel like it should exist.
1: Hmm you're right how do you get them in there I have I don't know because you can <laughs> so, so you
0: can send them to each to people right yeah like I don't know if if you know this but if you send a live photo to somebody without um without a 3d touch device they can still view the live photo they just long press yeah. on it yeah um, but I haven't seen like a, a way you could download them from anything
1: but I would like that yeah, it's a nice idea. But yeah, I have I haven't seen it either. Maybe so. there's some app out there that will take an animated gif and uh turn it into a save it to the camera roll as a live photo or something like that. I don't
0: know if it can go the other
1: way around. I don't know. I don't know. I I tell you what though, after a big
0: trip like to somewhere like New York, boy do I love live photos.
1: Yeah, I still treasure that life photo I have where where the flash went off and you were blinded and uh in Indianapolis. That was pretty funny. I don't know if I have the actual life photo of that. Oh, I should send I should Please. send you that. I'll I'll send you that. The yeah, I mean, I wasn't joking last week when I said that you were um you know, you were taking headphones from Marco Arment because you did visit them at their house. So Oh yeah, in you case
0: know. anybody's noticed, my audio sounds different. Uh I spent a few days with Marco and Dangerous. have now bought new headphones, a new headphone amp, a new microphone, and I have a new boom <sighs> arm on the way. Oh
1: Mike. This is one of the most common uh you should have learned your lesson. Like don't spend too much time with Marco. It's very expensive.
0: Oh no, I prepared <laughs> for it financially. <laughs> I put this a little, little bit of money aside. If you're gonna yeah, visit Marco, yeah. Because I knew knew this was going to happen.
1: He's going to show you things. He's going to play things through headphones and you'll hear voices from microphones and you'll be forever changed. I'm pretty sure one of the first things
0: that happened when we arrived at their house was he sat me down and put headphones on my head.
1: Of course. Yeah. I would expect nothing less.
0: So, if if case in case anybody's wondering, I'm using a microphone now called the Neumann KMS 105 or something like that. It's called. Um, again, I will put a link to that in the show notes in case anybody is interested, um, or I I will link to Marco's review, his big podcast review, podcast microphone review, uh, and I'll put a link to the microphone that I'm now using, um, because it's all his fault, really. And that wraps up this week's episode. Again, we'd really appreciate it if you love this show uh, that you would consider becoming a Real AFM member and choosing Upgrade um, as your show. Um, Or if you love any show at Relay FM, feel free to support that show. Uh, It would mean a lot to the hosts of any show that you do support. If you want to find us uh, online, you can go to our show notes and get all the stuff we've spoken about today over at Relay.FM slash upgrade slash 66. Jason is over at SixColors.com and he is at Snell on Twitter, J-S-N-E-L-L. I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thanks again to our sponsors this week, the great people over at Audible.com, Casper, and Braintree, and thank you most of all for listening. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Jason Snell.
1: Goodbye, everybody.